Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and today I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which are young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about how engaged parents are key to healthy youth ministry. Here at LCMS Youth Ministry, we talk about seven practices of healthy youth ministry. We've thought about these practices in terms of good research that we've seen, research that we've done. Uh, we've talked to practitioners and, and people who teach practitioners. And one of those seven practices that we've identified has been that congregations have engaged parents. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what is an engaged parent, how do we get engaged parents, and how do we uh, lift up engaged parents as this critical part of healthy youth ministry. One of the things that we know is that nearly three in four millennials in our study of uh, 2017 study of millennials in the LCMS listed a parent as one of the most influential people in their lives, particularly in their faith lives. So we know that parents are really influential and critical uh, towards uh, the faith and faith retention for their young people. And my guess is would be even for us Gen Xers that those so those statistics are still the same in other generations too. I'm sure that influence of parents. I can speak for for myself. Um, I mean, I happened to be in a situation had a pastor who's my father um, had to be engaged in the church, but nonetheless did that willfully and loved to be involved in his service and certainly had a family too that surrounded with that. Two parents that were highly engaged in connecting me to God's gifts uh, received in the Christian community, going to worship, being in Bible study, being in that Christian community along the way, and just really making us, I guess, uh, our home a place where we can engage into those spiritual conversations. Yeah, and I think you and I, we both have that in common in that we both had a church worker parent. For me, it was my mom who's at DCE, but also uh, the other parent who's not necessarily a church worker was a mm-hmm. very active lay leader, mm-hmm. uh, certainly as well, and set that example as well as it wasn't just uh, the, our church worker parent that was highly engaged. It was you know, also uh, both of our parents. Uh, in my house, that certainly looked like um, prayer yep. together um, daily. Often, indefinitely before and after every meal. I don't know, not everybody did the <laughs> after the meal prayer, uh, but we certainly did. Um, and at night, uh, for us, I think one of the things that we did uh, quite frequently was, especially around the liturgical church here, so Advent and Lent in particular, did mm-hmm. those family devotionals uh, in our house. Uh, and it was just sort of an everyday kind of open conversation about how um, our faith in our church impacted the things that were going on in other aspects of our lives. Yeah, I've also sometimes wondered like if my parents really felt sometimes that discussion was laborious sometimes, <laughs> uh, that maybe like is this making a difference? Um, and you know, I look back on it and say it did. I mean, just so many of those things, those pieces of wisdom, the scripture, the stuff that went into life's decisions, day in, day out stuff. I mean, you see how the Holy Spirit works through that. And I'm sure there were probably days where like <coughs> they wondered if it doesn't make a difference and is Mark getting any of this? And sometimes it takes time. That's what parents need to have that patience and see uh, what that training brings about. But yeah, nonetheless, the blessing that was in my life, I know to have two very engaged parents in my life, but then also in the life of the church. Well, and isn't that so true that, you know, for all these other things, uh, we get talked about and trained as we're growing up and don't really 
uh, hold on to those things or have them be as important to us until we're outside of the house and adults on our own. Uh, I think often the faith is that similar way and that it happens a lot kind of in the home and both parent and kid can get kind of annoyed with it at times and think, is it really resonating? And it isn't until you're away that it really um, kicks in and, and helps you to um, engage in a different level. And I certainly was uh, part of a family where that wasn't just something that happened with my parents. It happened with my uh, extended family as well. Uh, my grandfather has read the same today's light wow. daily prayer through the Bible in a year. Uh, how I, <laughs> I don't even want to know how many times, uh, but definitely set that example. Um, and also other you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all who were highly engaged adults around that. And we'll talk more about supportive adults later on, but uh, that was true for your family as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, we'll like you said, we'll be talking about that where that maybe hasn't been the case, but that was a thing for me too, that it was a pattern that was set of regular worship, uh, you know, really those family pieces revolving around life in Christ, uh, the faith being shared, the stories being shared uh, with both, you know, going back generations for me. Um, and so really just to see how that kept that family unit together and also encourage people too to take, uh, you know, risk when it came to vocational things and that type of stuff too, that always they knew God was with them, Christ was with them as they went out. And so really to be able to see that connection that's made was something that I was able to see in my family generation after generation. Are you generationally LCMS, like all the way back? Yes, yeah, years. Uh, so mostly a three quarters German, and so uh, yeah. they, they go back, and not necessarily on like the Missouri roots, more the Michigan roots, okay. uh, but yet nonetheless, absolutely. So German Lutheran, kind of uh, through and through for a number of generations. So have those traditions, those long, you know, probably more than I realized too, growing up there, kind of German Lutheran traditions that I had uh, coming <laughs> through that was passed on generation by generation too. So kind of some neat stuff. Yeah, and it's so funny. We just saw a picture um, when I was at my parents' house this weekend of my dad's baptism. He was um, he was in grade school when that happened, but it was also when my uh, grandparents were confirmed on the same day that they were baptized. And we always joke that my grandfather's uh, confirmation verse was John three sixteen because it was the only <laughs> only Bible verse he could remember. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, held that with like a certain amount of pride, and certainly was yep. very supportive of our our faith life and our faith development. Uh, so when we're talking about households of, of faith that doesn't, and we're talking about uh, parents, we want to be clear that that's not necessarily limited to two biological parents when we're talking about parents. Absolutely. It's like our, our data that we saw talked about parent-guardian relationships. Um, so it applies to whoever is kind of filling that role. Um, sometimes, too, extended family, whatever it might be, kind of that key household unit um, it's about uh, that environment that's there, not necessarily the people who are inside it. And so how the Holy Spirit worked through those relationships. So while we might use that shorthand of engaged parents, we're certainly talking about really whoever is is filling that role. And when we look at, at data, we do ask that question about um, parent slash guardian. We're not just limiting it to parents. Uh, so when we think about parents and engaged parents, uh, we have kind of four themes that we pull out of that particular one. That first one being uh, engaged parents prioritize faith development by encouraging daily faith practices, especially during times of transition. Uh, and we really highlight this in part because parents have to make a lot of really hard decisions today about how they balance their schedule and the resources they have as, as a family. And prioritizing uh, faith practice really does become much more difficult than just uh hey, you should really prioritize Sunday morning worship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think so much of those decisions that are being made time, making a priority, um, 
you know, talking with parents that they see the busyness of the day, uh, regardless of what their, their makeup may be. And so setting aside that time when we can take a pause, rest, be in the word, be in prayer, and even be able to talk about it and those priority times of thinking about who we are as God's children uh, when we make those decisions, when we go out into this world. Um, not easy, certainly, in our busyness. And, and that's one thing that we want to help congregations, too, to understand the important role that they can play to support parents to do that. Um, sometimes it is that, you know, I, I like people who kind of share that meme on Saturday, that Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. And that might seem like a small <laughs> one, but yet how important that is that they're going to prioritize that they'll be up Sunday morning to go to worship and receive Christ's gifts in that way and be in that Christian community. And how's that Christian community help them be that a welcoming place for that family um, to be able to support them and as they love their kids, train their kids, and as the Christian community grows in love as well. Right. And as a DCE, uh, one of the things that I did that um, I've seen many, many other DCEs do is uh, how are we equipping parents to make that a priority mm -hmm. and coming up with things like um, Sunday school in a box that they can take with them if they're not going to be here on a Sunday morning or next Sunday morning. Uh, ways that we can empower uh, parents to make those priorities happen, um, even in times where that, that balance is really hard because uh, they really are the primary discipler for their kids. Yeah, you think about, uh, you'll do the hours in terms of the amount of time parents have with kids. And certainly as they get older, that dynamic changes quite often in terms of maybe more time with peers, more time with teachers, whatever maybe even those early years, you know, gets out of our little bit of our realm with youth ministry, but yet that investment early on when they are really that main kind of uh, relationship connection, discipler, as they are uh, laying those foundations, how important that is at those young, young ages and to, to invest in those times that they have in connections with their with their kids. And we found in the data that uh, the times of transition are especially important. We had so many young people who we could see this drop off that they had from worship or from practice, uh, the faith. Uh, when they went through into college or when they went from college and moved into their first job or uh, out of confirmation, all those times of transition. Yeah, I, I came across in a lot of different ways. I think sometimes it was that piece that was still able to be that foundation, even though when everything in their world may be changing, <laughs> relationships are changing, jobs might be changing, schooling might be changing, is the church and their faith in Christ was still that foundation, and they could uh, return to the Word of God to be refreshed in who they are, be reminded of their baptism, the relationship that they have, and even over distance, how the Holy Spirit works in Christian community. And so those times of transition, when again, the life, the world seems to be shaking around them, they're pointed back to that foundation, which is Jesus Christ, and how important that was, and, and it helps them grow in their faith, too, and understanding, yep, God's got me in this. I go by God's grace into this situation, and He's got me in His grip in love as I go into this new life situation. And we can see statistically that uh, when young people do come back to the church and are asked why they came back, um, often that pushback is, well, I knew my mom or my dad was going to ask me where I've been going to church. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to find a church uh, in order to answer that question. And so thinking about how uh, just continuing to pray and engage that young person as they move through that transition uh, tells them about the priorities that you want them to have and helps re-engage them in those places. Yeah, and I, I, uh, one thing too that I think came out in that too um, is as that young person's growing up and engaging the world in different ways is that uh, engaged parents, this is kind of our, our second big point with this is that they invest in the lives of their children by understanding their child's vocation and certainly that culture around them. And that, that cultural thing piece is tough too. I mean, that's fast changing. That doesn't mean that we're thinking parents need to be on every social media platform or understand it or utilize it, but yet to understand what that 
environment may mean for their child and as they transition through and how do they understand the many vocations in which they're pulled may be very different from when we were growing up in terms of how is God using them, um, how has God equipped them to be student and athlete, a social media uh, user, all those things that now happen into our life that we are able to engage and talk with young people about and encourage them in the many ways that they go out and shine the light of Christ into a lot of different places. Yeah, I um, I think one of the best things I've ever heard about this is that you don't necessarily have to be a student of all culture mm-hmm. universally. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a good student of your child, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think about as an aunt, um, I have to be really uh, into whatever my nephews are into if I want to engage them. They're so little um, that I have to know all the characters on Paw Patrol if I want to have that conversation. <laughs> and the same way with your teen. Uh, you don't have to know all the things about teen culture right now, but you do have to be a good studier and, and learner about what it is that they are passionate about and what they're engaging in. Yeah, and I think in that too, um, it's just great opportunity for you to also understand then the challenges that they face and compare it to the challenges you had maybe when you were growing up and really be truthful about how it's changed and how it's the same, that there are some things about adolescence that are the same generation. It's called adolescence over time for a reason, that those are just changes <laughs> that you go through growing up that has to happen. But yet, still, there are things, especially in that culture, I think that's changed. I mean, there's a lot of ways that young people are having to grow up that maybe we did not have to in a very different uh, support system that's around them. And where <clears throat> I think sometimes, you know, I think a lot of the education world is dealing with this right now when all the information in the world's at your fingertips on a phone is that sometimes we may not be the gatekeeper, if you will, of information, but yet by be open by being an open environment by being able to engage in conversation by being open to questions you can be that facilitator to continually point them back to Christ to the word of God to truth in our world um, and give them a good foundation for that because that's that's going to be a gift they're going to need to have moving ahead um, is how do they filter information how do they look to truth how do they find the truth in our world um, and and what God has uh, given us so that's it can start very early in terms of helping young people discern information and life circumstances well and and for parents they've always had to to teach discernment and how to handle culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly was not coming at our young people nearly as no. fast um, or nearly as often as it is mm-hmm. now right so that idea of how can I help them to have that really solid uh, Lutheran biblical filter of around the you know up when they're looking at the world when they're mm-hmm. looking at their social media when they're looking at their phones when they're taking in uh, four screens at once because they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so many screens. Um, although I don't know, I can do I can do four pretty easily if I'm if I'm trying hard enough. That's right. That's right. Tastes good focus though. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, to them to have uh, to be a safe place where they can ask questions, where they can think through, um, think critically about the things that they're taking in, and how does that relate to who God is and what He's done for us, and how can we think about. Um, what we're taking in and how we approach that because um, there's no way we're going to get rid of technology at this point. There's no way that we're going to get rid of right. uh, culture at this point, but simply how are we going to walk that world as as light um, and as salt in that world um, that's going to be both helpful to us as Christians and helpful to others to share the gospel. Uh, that third one that we uh, talk about here is engaged parents participate in worship, personally, uh, personal spiritual practices, and service. Uh, so certainly one of the things about an engaged parent is that they themselves are engaging in the kinds of things that we would expect uh, Christians to do. To be in, we to worship, to be praying, to be reading scripture, to be uh, leading and serving within their congregation, and to value those things. Uh, when 
parents are engaging in that way, then children are able to see that and see that that is a value that and a priority that they should be holding as well. As always, as it's so easy to know, uh, whether it's parent to child, whether it's teacher to child, children are watching and they're paying attention to that. Um, and so uh, those are kind of the values that we can show by setting an example for them in many and various ways. Um, we kind of think about it too. If you've been on a flight and you're flying, the, one of the first things that they'll say when you're uh, flying with children and the oxygen mask pop, pops out of the ceiling, but what are you supposed to do? But put it on yourself first to make sure that you've got your own oxygen mask before you help your child. And so that's a reminder for us too, that uh, for parents to be taking care of yourself spiritually, uh, to be in God's word, to be in worship, to be in Christian community. And not only is that for your own benefit, but also then the benefit is that your children are going to see that as well, and that you value that. Um, and then that is important for you and not only for yourself, but then also for your children. And so what a, what a blessing that is to be able to ex- uh, exemplify that, to be a model for that and to be able to uh, provide a uh, really formational opportunity for our young people. Well, and I, I love that in our research, we found that uh, parents who continued to go to worship regularly, mm-hmm. even after the mm-hmm. young person left the home, was a marker of, of strong retention. And what it says to that young person, we didn't just go to worship because we wanted to to go to worship with you. We went to worship because that was how God was uh, providing his word and sacrament to us and and filling us uh, with the things that we need. And so uh, we're going to continue to do that and that's going to continue to be a value. It tells us a lot about that parent versus one who maybe is just going for other reasons. And I think too, as, as a young adult maybe sees their parents go through their own transitions in life, and sees that Christian community, uh, time in worship, time in prayer, still be vital and important in them in their everyday life, they start to make those additional connections that, okay, through my transitions too, whatever that is, um, those are still important things for me because of what's been instilled in me. And as a DCE, I think one of the harder things that we had to do was try and figure out what are the ways that we can continue to engage Mm -hmm. parents in their own personal faith practices and in leadership because their time is pulled so many different directions when you have, you know, a parent of four and you're like, okay, how can I make it possible for you to serve on this board or committee? How can I make it possible for you to help with vacation Bible school or Sunday school? Um, And sometimes that takes a little extra effort, (laughs) takes extra time Mm -hmm. and strategy, Mm -hmm. but we know that when kids see their parents, parents uh, prioritizing that and finding a way to make that happen, uh, we have a better retention for our young people. Mm-hmm. One of the four things that we had uh, as a key for congregations is that supportive congregations provide parents encouragement and support from other Christian adults. Now, we aren't parents ourselves, but how, Juliana, do you support parents and their vocation? Oh, well, I think of uh, one example that I have is that um, I'm in a small group with uh, some young families and so when it comes to sunday morning when those moms and dads are helping with worship i'm sitting with their kids right um or if they're not helping in worship i'm still (laughs) sitting with their kids um and just had this great experience the other uh sunday where i'm sitting with our our families that are in our small group and both mom and dad of this family were helping in in two different ways both uh in the worship service and that young child came over and just stood uh, next to me and said i'll go to communion with you and like just and Love. I was like, alrighty. Adopted. <laughs> um, you know, just knew that I was kind of that natural person and I freeze up those parents to be able to again be that good example. So that's just one way that I can think about that, you know, even if you aren't a parent, you can help in those engaged parents. Mm-hmm. So I certainly think about uh lift up my relatives, nieces and nephews and things and prayer a lot. Um, encouraging my my sister and brother in law too and uh, all the work work that they do with uh 
the, the nieces and nephews that I love. Um, it's very similar like what you're talking about too. I mean, just I kind of live in a, a townhouse complex and so we try to be helpful as we can for whether it's helping with homework, whether it's being there for the families that are there, giving them a little bit of extra support and in our congregation too, to just show general support for their kids and to encourage the parents and all that they do, ask about how things are going. Certainly again, be lifting them up in prayer and support. Uh, best uh, we're able to do that. Just started recently to teaching kind of a class with a, a number of young parents and so just really not giving them any wisdom, obviously, for myself, but <laughs> nonetheless, know. getting them into the Word of God and really about building that community. I mean, I think that's such an important thing, too, is that kind of iron sharpens iron and bringing Christians to parents that speak about their concerns and for them to make those connections and know that they're supported and cared for by the congregation. Yeah. I mean, I'm a notorious baby stealer. I'm like, if you <laughs> need me to hold that small child while you go to worship, I am here for you. Um, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, and I think we that one of those places where we can talk about maybe um, families that aren't necessarily um, mm-hmm. two parents, two and a half kids, mm-hmm. um, those, those maybe more traditional families, uh, may need essentially more support from our congregation to have other supportive adults who are going to walk alongside them. Uh, and But the, even if they are uh, a two-parent household where, where both parents are coming to church, that doesn't mean that they don't need some extra support, some people around them, and a congregation that's willing to figure out how we continue to engage parents, particularly in youth ministry, as they're walking through that adolescence with their young people and figuring that out, some of them for the first time. I think it's such a great way for intergenerational ministry to happen in congregations. Got empty nesters, those that are maybe in retirement, retirement have a little bit more time. What a way to invest in young people and congregations to be that support, to be that wisdom, to be uh, just that person to lean on uh, walking through the phases of parenthood, um, be the to give ideas, to be able to talk about ideas, and just be able to encourage and support one another. I think it's just a great way that congregations in today's world can be an amazing support for parents um, in a lot of different ways. And youth leaders in particular, I think, have a role in then there being able to communicate well with parents mm-hmm. about uh, particular issues that maybe are coming up in youth ministry or in youth culture in general, providing resources, whether that's books or talk sheets or articles or social media is great for this to be able to um, send parents material that they can think through really quickly and help digest and think about how they're going to particularly approach certain issues with their kids. Uh, I think youth ministry is is deeply benefited when there's a good conversation that's happening between parents and the youth leaders and they're on the same page and they're trying to walk with young people together. Yeah, I think one thing we're seeing in terms of just with the busyness of families and young people is often maybe the programmatic elements of congregations are maybe not as um, um, as much as the youth ministry program as it used to be in terms of bringing young people together, but it's more about relational youth ministry. And important part is those parents are often, again, be, the, be that key connection point for their kids, um, whether it's heading off to sporting events, whether it's there after school, whether it's getting them ready in the morning, whatever it is, to equip them to be that person in those relationships, to be speaking God's truth into that, be showing God's love um, in many and various ways. And so as youth ministry practitioners is one kind of key thing to really be, again, encouraging parents in that role especially getting ready for that major transition post high school um, that we're investing in our young people so that they're ready for that as they go out on their own. Um, And so what a great, (laughs) important time for parents to be doing that with their kids. So if you are a parent and you're listening and you're trying to think about how you can be an engaged parent as a part of developing healthy youth ministry, uh, certainly we have this encouragement for you that you can take one step uh, 
towards uh, one of the things that we've talked about, whether that's uh, prioritizing daily faith practices or preparing your child for a particular transition, whether that's uh, investigating uh, your child's vocation and culture, or whether that's thinking about how you can develop your own personal spiritual practices as a way of being a, a good, faithful mentor and example to your young people. And let's be real. Parents, you have a really difficult job, mm-hmm. and we ask a lot of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about uh, parents I know who are, are parenting, you know, maybe multiple young children right now, um, and are feeling really overwhelmed. Uh, just pick one, pick one way, one thing that you can do um, that maybe can engage those ways, and know that um, God is going to work in and through you as He does all of us in our vocations. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those. Again, you have that. That blessing of family that God has given to us, um, a bio, think about biological families, but then he certainly speaks in the scripture, too, of that spiritual family, uh, the family of God that he calls and baptism into community that way, and how we're able to also then take those same practices into the family of God, too, how we show love, concern, speak words of forgiveness, teach, admonish, encourage, man, all those things that come out in the word, um, and how we're able to model that for one another and to live as a family and to have those open conversations, to be able to speak truth and love, and to really, again, as we talk about end goals, to be lifting up our young people, that they would be disciples for Jesus Christ for their life um, and be able to share those stories of how he has carried us through the good times and the bad times, the difficult times, um, and has been faithful to us and that we're able to share that good news with one another. It's a beautiful thing. And if you are a youth leader or you're a lay leader in your congregation, uh, maybe you are a parent, maybe you aren't, uh, you can support those parents in their vocation and and help encourage them, give them that word of encouragement, uh, snuggle that baby for a little bit while they listen to a sermon, uh, whatever it is. Uh, That's not really youth ministry, but it's my favorite part. Um, or, or, you know, how are you communicating with that, that parent back home so that they can continue that conversation you just had on Sunday afternoon? Absolutely. Well, again, we want to thank you for all that you do in those many ways in which you invest in parents. Those of you who are parents yourselves, uh, just hear a word of encouragement from us and all that you are doing with your kids at various uh, life phases that they are uh, just the work that you do to encourage them and love them and point them to Christ in all things. Uh, just continue to keep up the great work um, and let us know how we can be an assistance to you. Engels Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.